Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. Uh, this is episode five in the second season. So we're going off a sort of theme here. Uh, we've been talking about government regulations lately. And uh, Tristan, what Ooh. was this episode going to be about? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, this episode is about government regulations pertaining uh, to creative destruction, how they impact industries. Yeah, exactly. That was a very nice way of saying it. Especially, you know, in terms of automation, things that are going to be happening in the future. Um, yeah. So where, where I think we should start with this or where I was going to start with it is just talking about kind of about Andrew Yang. So for those of you who are watching this in like one or two years, you're not going to know who Andrew Yang is. So I'll explain to you. <laughs> He's a uh, candidate for the Democratic Party and he is running off of the platform. Literally his sole platform is not only that he's going to high five drug dealers as they walk out of uh, prison, but that um, he's going to give everyone a thousand dollars a month just for existing. And that's yeah. supposed to, Crazy. that's supposed to correct the, um, the massive uh, loss of jobs that we're going to see because of automation. So when, you know, as we, as technology progresses, um, we're going to get a lot of jobs that are going to be sort of siphoned out because of, um, you know, like truck driving, for example, is the biggest one I pe think people talk about, uh, you know, being a cashier, that's kind of uh, like, that's already started uh, sort of going out of style. So it, and I like to compare the two sides because you have the chicken little stories on each uh, in each party. Like, for example, the liberals, uh, they think that the world's going to explode in 12 years and that the, the sun is going to like crash into the earth. And then you go on to the other side and the conservatives are saying that the Mexicans are taking their jobs and that um, robots are going to destroy everything. So both of the sides have their points. But I'm they down. definitely exaggerate. So I'm down to, for the robots. Today, <laughs> so today, should we uh, put any regulations on businesses, Tristan, um, in order no. to stop the um, job loss thingy that's going to happen? Uh, no. Explain. There's a couple of reasons why. All right. So there's a term called creative destruction. It's coined by Joseph Schumpter. And basically, creative destruction talks about how new innovative products, services, and systems have to destroy the old way of doing things. Uh, you can there's a couple examples of this, like uh, with music, started off with vinyl, and you moved on to cassette tapes, yeah. MP3s, and now you don't even store it on your own phone. Usually, you have Spotify or Pandora, you pull it out right. from the cloud. Yeah. And as that pertains to industry, there's also a lot of industries that have gone under as well. There's a, a, a job called a knocker-upper. What a knocker-upper did, this was before alarm clocks were invented. What a knocker-upper did, they had a long metal pole. They would live in cities. And to mm -hmm. wake people up, they would tap the pole on their window. They, uh, that was eventually got, that was eventually phased out when the alarm clock was a thing. And new businesses always rise up to replace old ones. Nowadays, we have... Uh, businesses and occupations that never existed before. We have social media managers. Mm -hmm. We have software engineers. Yeah. We have podcasters. That's a job somehow. <laughs> we have po and there aren't roving bands of knocker-uppers or travel agents running around starving to death, not being able to find a job. The, 
people are perfectly capable of transitioning into new career fields and taking the new occupations that rise up as a result of the creative destruction. You can also look at uh, the rise and fall of manufacturing in the United States. So manufacturing peaked in the Korean War, and about roughly one-third of all United States citizens had a job in manufacturing. Of course, most working people in the U.S. were men, as it should be, but that's a whole other story. Uh, we, we have a lot less people working in manufacturing nowadays, about 8%, give or take a little bit, working in manufacturing, but mm-hmm. we're actually making about five times as many cars now, and our manufacturing of electronics has gone up 2,600%. So it's, it's not that we're losing manufacturing, it's just that as uh, businesses and systems and products become more efficient, they become more sophisticated and better doing what they're doing, uh, it's, you're going to need less people with which to do it. And as that happens, new occupations are going to open up and have pivots in the economy. For example, during the Korean War, the United States was mostly a manufacturing-based economy, manufacturer-laboring-based economy. And nowadays, the United States has pivoted into a hybrid of a service economy where mostly people are working for each other, providing each other with services. You, have, you see that? Uh, there are people who are professional YouTubers now, professional mm-hmm. Twitch streamers. And that's, that's obviously the 1% of the 1%. Most YouTubers don't make a living off that, but that's just an example. Yeah. There's a lot of occupations that open up as a result of creative destruction and as a result of the technological improvements that come of it. So it's not that a lot of people... It's very scary, right? If, if you're in the Rust Belt and you work in the coal mines, and the coal mines are getting shut down because natural gas is so much more efficient, it's so much cleaner, it's obviously scary. I get that. I do. If somebody... If there was a way to phase out computer programmers, I'd be, I'd be sweating too. But regardless of that, people are usually, generally able to find new jobs and to pivot into a new economy. I have 100% faith. You know, if people can work in the coal mines, they can handle another job. That's a rough occupation. There's, it's dangerous. It's hard. It's manually intensive. And there, I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. They can pull it off. They can find another job. They will be perfectly fine. If you can deal with a coal mine, you can deal with another job. Well, I mean, it. but what we're talking about here is an increase in technology that sort of – so we all know that with this automation comes the um, taking out of the repetitive jobs because that's what computers are really good at. So, right. you know, doing things in a loop basically. So if we take out those jobs, then we're going to be taking out – so. Basically, we're going to be taking out what the people of generally lower IQ are going to be doing. So me, for example, I work at Target. um, And if you are a cashier at Target, already you're starting to lose hours. You know, they're talking about raising us up to $15 an hour, which means a lot of our workforce is probably going to get uh, thrown out. So it it just – and what the way it's been going is that they do have – while they do have the like self-checkout thing going on, they have one person that goes around and makes sure that the self-checkout is working. So that that person eventually for the whole store, you know, in theory, if this ever does happen, which is kind of iffy, um, if this ever does happen, then you'll have that one person that's going around and you'll have just a few people 
running probably the entire store just making sure that the machines are working. And so these people would need to have a higher education, which is why you get this whole quote unquote learn to code thing, which is where people are saying, hey, you know, yeah, your job is getting thrown out, but you, you know, it's kind of a joke at this point. Basically, learn to code, you know, so you can just don't say it on Twitter. Just just get smart, basically. Yeah. Um so it, it's obviously it's a joke because it's just not realistic in any way. A lot of the people that I work with, they are not capable of doing something and related to computers, especially programming. So it's just like uh, I'm sure they would be, but it would take such a it, you know, it's already a steep enough learning curve, and then just for them to, especially being of older age, they're probably not going to even, they probably don't even use computers on a regular basis. So I think just thinking that everyone is going to eventually get themselves sorted out is that we we used to have everything across the same level. Like, for example, you lose your job in one thing, you just move across to something that's similar but it's like, or you could move downward, but at this point, if all the things that are at the bottom are getting taken out, then you only can move up, and that's a lot harder, and I think it's a little bit unrealistic. And when we talk about people um, becoming unemployed, like there's a big tie between uh, unemployment and depression, whether that's correlation, causation, whatever, you can argue whatever about it, because, um, you know, is it that depression is causing you to be a bad worker so you're unemployed, or is it that... Uh, unemployment is making you depressed. Who knows? Go either way. Yeah. And it's it's probably a big mix of both. Yeah. So um, it's just like when we when we have stuff like this going on, it, it's kind of depressing to think about because we do have this great like mental health crisis uh, in America. And they I believe they have it as well in uh, South Korea going on right now. And in Japan. In Japan. And so it's like. Especially, and what I hear from people is that they blame it on, like, capitalism. They blame it on um, the fact that, oh, poor people are poor, and so that's why they're depressed is because we don't have as as many nice things as the baby boomers did. And basically, I, I just think that that's a really poor argument. I don't mean to sidetrack here, but I did want to talk about this a little bit, is that yeah. we, we can't just blame it on the fact that we don't have stuff, you know? Like... At, that's just unrealistic, especially since the poor, you know, rich are getting richer, poor are also getting richer. Everything's moving yeah. at a steady upward, you know, an incline. So it's yeah, like the idea that we don't have stuff just isn't even true, really. Yeah, be stuff. because Amanda and I would are considered low income. We both work retail and we live in a very nice apartment. You know, we, we don't have money to spend frivolously, but we don't need that. You know, it's like. And why would we deserve that for doing what we do? So continuing with that, um, I okay. My response to you finishing that off, I think that that's realistic for some people that they could move up. But the more that we cut off the bottom end, um, let's. What can you offer any other solution yeah, other yeah. than just telling so people, hey? You can get a you can get a better job. Well, not necessarily a better job. Like I said, when creative destruction happens, new jobs pop up that weren't there before, and they might be higher income, they might be lower income, they might be higher skilled, they might be lower skilled. Uh, as far as learning to code goes, I don't think it's. 
I get the idea. The idea spawned from these weird liberal articles how we're teaching coal miners how to code so they can adapt to the new economy, and it's it's not that complicated. It's it's not the way they make right. it seem. To work with computers, you probably you don't have to learn how to program. You just have to learn how to troubleshoot, how to make things happen within the systems. You're not creating a new system, I think, most of the time. You're just working in the system. When I worked at a Chinese restaurant, uh, my boss gave me a little bonus, put a $100 bill in my pocket, because I fixed a computer. I didn't mm-hmm. code anything. I just ran some Windows malware detection, took a virus off, uh, made the software run a lot faster. It's not that complicated. Now, I am a computer science student, but I didn't have to program anything. Just as well, automation is... A lot of people are concerned about automation, which makes sense to me, because it could be something that really does like completely upend the economy. It'll change a yeah. lot in its time. But people... The timetable for automation has been moved a lot. People have been talking about automation since the Industrial Revolution. Since factories were a thing, people have been talking about the Industrial Revolution. Since World right. War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, Iraq, war, all those times, everyone was talking about automation, everyone was talking about losing jobs, and that probably will happen. You know, robots eventually will become cheaper. But a lot of people talk about, like, once automation happens, it's all, we're all going to be out of the picture. It's just going to be robots doing everything. Automation's already here. Look, automation's already here. You've seen the self-checkout aisles. If you've been to a McDonald's that has a place for you to input your order, automation's already here. It's just in areas with lower taxes, with lower minimum wages, or no minimum wages if you want to be, be really spicy with it, really economically sound with it, you know, it doesn't really happen because as it stands, computers are a little more expensive than humans and training humans. Computers, well, computers have to run constantly. Computers are constantly using electricity, and that's going to add up. That's going to be in the electricity bill. Uh, humans don't really have to do that. You don't have to plug a human in. You have to plug your computer in. You don't have to hire somebody to fix humans, usually. And if the store probably doesn't have to do that. That's the doctor's job. You don't have to hire somebody to clean a human screen the humans mostly take care of themselves and you pay them for their labor when you work with a computer you have to pay the you have to not only pay the people who created the computer for their labor you also have to pay for the computer's upkeep there's two different things going on there and electricity is going to become more efficient especially if we go a more nuclear route and computers are going to become easier and simpler and faster but as it stands right now and for the foreseeable future Computers are significantly more expensive than a human is, so long as that place isn't an economic shithole. You know, places like New York that have $15 minimum wages now, places like California that have $13 minimum wages, there's significantly mm-hmm. more self-checkout aisles. There's significantly more uh, right. self-service at your average McDonald's because that's necessary. Because now people are less affordable. Now you have right. people talking about things like giving out free health insurance giving out all these benefits, when really it's not the government's place to decide what a contract should be between an employer and an employee. I know that might not be the most popular concept, but the principle of consent stands nonetheless. So when you think about it in those kinds of terms, it's really more human error that's causing automation than the inevitable rise of machines, which it's probably going to happen. You know, computers are probably going to be a thing, but... Like I said, with creative destruction, 
Joseph Schumpter, and later he was replaced by Milton Freeman. They both agreed on this. Thomas Sowell, he agrees on this. When you have creative destruction, new jobs will come up. And it's a scary thing. I'll, I'll give you that. It's a scary thing for a coal miner. It's a scary thing for a retail worker. Obviously, you don't want your job to go away. You want to keep making money. You want to keep working because working and making money in a healthy way is good for you. It's great. Yeah. But and you don't want to have to throw yourself out into the wilderness and try to find a new job. I don't. I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. You want to get a job, have it be a good job and keep it and be able to live your life. But that's just not how things can work all the time without massive governmental intervention. And governmental intervention, it might seem like the way, but it's really not. We could lose a million jobs from automating truck drivers, right? Well, isn't that what Tucker Carlson was talking about with Ben Shapiro? It's, um, I think it's actually, it's three and a half to four million. Yeah, you could lose three and a half to four million jobs and that but what are you, it's you can do like a cost benefit analysis like what are you losing versus what are you gaining so so if we regulate self-driving cars out of, out of out of the picture we just regulate them so they're just they're not they can't function correctly in an economy they're too expensive or they're just outright illegal we might be gaining three and a half million jobs but what are we losing realistically we're losing we could be losing potentially we could potentially be losing a lot more jobs. We could be losing jobs of software engineers. We could be losing jobs of programmers. We could be losing jobs of people that, of mechanics that maintain those self-driving cars. We could be losing a lot, and government intervention isn't the way to go. Because without government... But all of those people are highly trained. Like, you you talk about a, a software engineer, that's that's someone that's software been through a lot... Software engineer is highly trained, I'll give you that. But yeah, a mechanic is been isn't. through a lot of college, and you talk about a truck driver, that's like... For someone with a high school diploma, that's your basic, that's your job right there, you know? Yeah, but what it's not just software engineers that are going to happen. It's not only higher trained jobs that are going to pop up as a result of creative destruction. Lower training, low skill and no skill jobs are going to, are going to come up just as well. Now, there's, there's some jobs that could be seen. You're going to have to have special uh, people to check for the... You're going to have to have software engineers, obviously. You're going to have to have people to check to make sure that whatever computers are working within those self-driving cars are going to continue working. And those, aren't, those might not be as, uh, as demanding as a software engineer. And just as well, there's no real way to tell, but it always happens, right? In, in economics, like, this, this kind of thing just happens. The free market works in very odd ways sometimes, but it, in the end, it's almost always preferable to governmental intervention. So when it comes to the free market, the free market is very, is kind of finicky, right? The free market's kind of finicky. You have to, you have to work within it to get the benefits of it. But there, when it comes to governmental intervention, it comes down to a couple simple principles. One of those principles being consent. When you talk about consent, most people think of it in sexual relations, but it's, it's about a lot more than that. Well, you can talk about consent in terms of relationships. You can, uh, you can talk about that kind of thing. And when you put unnecessary burdens on business owners, when you put unnecessary burdens on innovators and inventors, well, those that already violates... exist. We have a ton of that already, which yeah, I, don't, I don't believe in, I don't agree bad. with. Um, 
I, I don't think that the amount of limitations that already exist on businesses are somewhat stifling creation, and we, we can all agree on that. Um, and I, I, I do believe that I can see the other side of it. I can see why someone would argue that um, only putting more would make it worse of a problem. But I think if we if we have a grand as grand of a scale of four million people who are not very educated at all getting thrown out versus what you said of software engineers getting you know losing their jobs, um, other people who wouldn't get that job that would be coming up, um, that because a software engineer wouldn't have a hard time finding a job elsewhere. Nothing. Software engineers aren't sitting around, you know, but a, a high school uh, graduate who, or if even graduate, um, who can't, who has a hard time finding a job as it is, gets thrown out and, you know, and I've seen, you know, anecdotal evidence here, but I, I've seen some, I had a friend whose dad um, was a brick worker and he, um, in their factory, they actually started um, they actually did replace people somewhat, or he was removed. Basically, he was one of the ones right. that got cut. He never, he never came back from it. He basically drank himself uh, to death. So, I don't, you know, obviously that's anecdotal evidence. We can't say that for everything, but it it is true that you would feel that, this that sense of worthlessness. You know, that that can happen for sure. Yeah. So what what I would say is because. You know, I, I'm all into the free market as you are, but there's some things that I dislike about it, and that's why I do like when the government can take, you know, because everything I say, it's like, in theory, this is the way it should work, and then in reality, this is the way it does work. So uh, in, you, in, <laughs> like in theory, I would you want the government to be there for the little guy and stand up yeah. for them. And, yeah, and this is when, <laughs> And this is when unions... Uh, come into play because yeah. unions just pretty much ruin everything. But you you get the people together and they're like, hey, we we need more of this. We're not getting treated fairly enough. And then you come into sort of terms with um, the business that you're uh, threatening, essentially, because a lot of times they would threaten them. Hey, we'll all just walk exactly. out if you yeah. don't, you know, go with our needs. They, they go on strike. Right. And so. The, the result of that is that you get this like, okay, we'll do this and you do this. And as long as you treat us fairly, we'll treat you fairly. And in theory, that's a great thing. But then what yeah. eventually happens or what sometimes happens is that unions will have way too much power. They'll ask for too much. And like what you said with minimum wage stuff, the higher that gets, it's like, why do we need these people? You know, the business starts thinking to the, themselves like, you're not, you're not affordable anymore, you know? And exactly. so you've sort yeah. of lost your, your purpose, shall we say. But I do, I do think that in theory, that if in we theory. could, <laughs> that's what I'm going to start every sentence with. <laughs> in theory, if we could somehow say, um, uh, hey, as a business, you you have to have a certain amount of truck drivers working for your truck driving business. If we had some sort of limitation on that, because, and of course that would stifle the, um, you know, obviously the automation of self driving trucks and things like that. But I, I'm almost, you know, I'm almost willing to take that risk at this point because. I think the the mental health and well-being of 4 million Americans um, 
works works a lot more for me than you know say yeah, us getting self-driving cars which i can play devil advocate devil's advocate here i have um you know because it's not just about uh, trucks they're also a plethora of different things that could be automated and they would all get better like they're everything you go through and read about it's like every one of them would improve because they become safer you know of course because humans make mistakes that's that's just the thing so it's like it's so hard for me because on the one hand i am all into the free market and i understand that as we progress as we advance technology we're going to have um things you know get better like that's just the way things work um unfortunately a result of the free market is sometimes that um the mass the masses sort of get uh kicked to the curb and so the free market the free market often does care about people but there's nothing forcing it to care about people and that can result in some people being just hung out to dry yeah i guess the wayside i guess correction what i was gonna say is that um I'm, I guess I'm talking more about big businesses because big biz- businesses will yeah, yeah, take advantage of, you know, like you hear about all these factories in China. This was actually at the beginning of uh, Tucker Carlson's book, Ship of Fools, where he talks about, I can't remember what company it is, but it's like the one that basically makes um, iPhones. And they had people threatening to jump <laughs> out of the window because they were yeah, yeah, they were yeah, getting treated that. so poorly and what the company did is they put a net uh below where <laughs> they would fall like that's the, <laughs> that's the kind of people we're dealing with here so like so, when somebody all, somebody tried to kill themselves in china and the corporation hit them with the bitch you thought <laughs> they just bounce back up and start working again <laughs> and it's like wow that's just such a dark thing and so when i think about stuff like that yeah, on an emotional level you know it registers with you it's like well what that's something that needs to be fixed like how can we keep these how can we keep businesses from railroading people? You know, for example, if we if we thought of it in this way, you know, a uh, a plantation uh, that hires uh, that has slaves uh, that work for like six cents an hour would do very well economically compared to the one next door who is required to pay their workers twelve dollars an hour. So right. it's like we you have at the cost of uh, cheapening things and you know and what that would do is that the the plantation with the slaves would make it so that actually we as the the people would get to buy um cotton or whatever it is for a lot cotton lower. would be real cheap brother <laughs> yeah I'm it would south, be I'm very south cheap Carolina. i know all about that <laughs> yeah so it's like you you can see the benefits of that but then you see at what cost you know what are we doing yeah, like, to human life we're degrading it we're you know and is so it, that's are, what we are see human with rights worth a couple extra dollars, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and so we see that with immigration as well. You know, one of the um, uh, a big argument against illegal immigration is the fact that a lot of those immigrants are being um, mistreated because yeah. they're actually being sort of used uh, because they'll work so low, uh, so so low wages that American workers wouldn't work. So now yeah. these people are doing you know what we wouldn't want to do that's why people always say well you wouldn't do this job well yeah that's right and that's good because then that would be making that business with the absence of workers they would have to raise their uh wages so it all it all tries to even out in the end well well chris let me ask so all right would you do that work if they paid you a lot like what if they doubled your salary would you start doing the work then 
What do you mean? Like for for example, farming or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the really hard work that a lot of uh, illegal aliens are outsourced. Like if they double their salary, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. If they, See, those those people are being taken, and a lot of people think right, of it yeah. as, oh, oh, it's good because you know, <laughs> the brown people. It's all these <laughs> suburban white people. It's like, oh, oh, the brown people will do it for much yeah. less. Think that it's. You know, a couple hundred years ago, it's like, without slaves, how we pick our cotton? Now it's yeah. like, without illegal aliens, how do I get my avocados, dog? Yeah, and how will Democrats get voted into office? You know, it's just things it's, like yeah. that. So, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go through uh, a couple, a uh, few things right here. So the first okay. I want to talk about is like the, the philosophy and the principle of the free market. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just like mutual and consensual exchanges and agreements. And... In theory, this is exactly what, what you said. I can see the exact same thing happen. In theory, if we just all had a free market, everybody gets along because everything's consensual. There's right. a job for everybody because anybody yeah. can have a job for anything. Mm-hmm. And we all, our money is worth a lot because it's only worth what we work for. And we're only willing to worth, we're only willing to work what we're worth. That way, everybody has money and everybody has resources and everything works out great. And we all yeah. live in the libertarian paradise. Mm-hmm. But in practice, in practice, you know, it might not be that great. It could be close, but maybe not that great. Now, yeah. there's a there's a, a story that my grandma used to tell me. I'll tell it in English because I don't think we'll have a lot of Spanish Spanish listeners. <laughs> so my grandmother was born in Spain, and she was alive during the uh, Spanish Civil War. The Spanish Civil War was a struggle between uh, good-natured people who only wanted the best and communists were pretty much the exact opposite. And my grandmother had, as, as, a, as a baby, as a young, as a toddler, had to live in caves to hide from the bombings. And her father wow. passed away as a result of those bombings. And she mm-hmm. told me about this story that she heard uh, in the United States from other people who ran away to escape the war. It was the most principled man in the gulag. It's a pretty short story. It's from Russia. The Soviet mm-hmm. Union specifically, and there was the most principled man, the most principled man, and he, he never broke his principles. When the communists told him to do this, he didn't do it. When, when, the, when the red police told him to do this, he didn't do it. And all he ended up being was the most principled man in the gulag. And I think that that can, that can kind of happen now with just these simple economic discussions. I could be the most principled software engineer in the world, and as a result, like you said, four million americans could suffer mm-hmm. and yeah maybe maybe it's like from my perspective it does seem like the right thing to do to to abide by the free market to in my principle the free market is the most effective and the most moral way to do things but mm-hmm. you know when four million people develop uh gener- develop clinical depression mm-hmm. you know, is it really that moral and here's what I want to bring this podcast. So I want to I want to bring it to a practical solution. So here's what I'm thinking, right, Chris? All right. So I don't want to take away from the free market, and you don't want to take away from uh, these people who could potentially lose their jobs. So yep. what I'm thinking is, we give those with resources within the private institutions ways and incentives to not protect their jobs specifically, but protect the future interests of those like first we'll just say the truck drivers so what i'm thinking is the federal government could grant them tax breaks Mm, or maybe subsidies 
I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of subsidies, but I'm a huge fan of tax breaks because I don't <laughs> think the federal government deserves the money. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I agree. the federal government grants tax breaks to corporations and maybe also to people. Uh, and in exchange, those corporations will use their resources in order to train whoever could lose their jobs to new jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could give them good recommendations, maybe stock options, things like that. Give less money to the state who doesn't deserve it and f- give it in a way back to those corporations and to the people that work for them. And in exchange, you know, it's a win for everybody except the government. Yeah. So it's a win for everybody that deserves it. <laughs> I agree. I actually so, like that solution. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. like like a reward system instead of a, a punishment. Instead of limiting more, Ex- what if yes. we just sort of, yeah. We, I can we, see that, we that, punish that being a good government. solution. Because, we punish the government. <laughs> yeah, because what, what we can't do, I think Chris, Tristan and I can both agree on this. What we cannot do is simply uh, move the Andrew Yang direction and no simply kidding. pay people to exist. And Because what, what we talked about before, the people are going to get kicked out of the market and exactly. then they're going to you know, basically fall into a pit of despair. And what, and we've seen that because that is a sort of socialistic attitude. It's like, well, we'll just take the money from the rich people and just give it to the poor people, which in theory does sound great. You know, if you're a poor person, especially, but (laughs) what, what that does is that, um, what we found is rich people, if you raise the uh, tax rate, of course they're going to, because rich people are smarter than the government. Rich people are going to, that's why they're rich and the government is poor. Uh, that's why the government is so far in debt is because they don't know how to use their money and rich exactly. people do. And rich Remember, people will hide their government money. Government bad. Market good. <laughs> government bad. And so the rich people are very good at keeping their money away from the government. And so what yeah. that's going to do is that they're not going to actually pay probably a cent of their taxes, honestly, um, or, a, or a reliable amount. And John Stossel exactly. has actually done a video on this. Um, it was a tax myths uh, yeah. video and talking about how the high tax rates that we saw from the past most of the time people weren't even paying that you know like it was like 70 percent, like 80 percent, like that kind of thing and yeah, that was never true. happened you know it was a it was, myth because jeff jeff bezos worked 70 hours a week for years to build amazon to what it was and right. now the government who hasn't worked in years at <laughs> anything it's like we're gonna take this do you think jeff bezos would be like ah you got me yeah. Be like, hmm, I'm the richest, I'm the richest man in the world. What can I do about this? If only there was a problem money could solve. <laughs> John Stossel, who is also me in the future. I'm actually, I'm actually True. John Stossel. I, you ever seen the Flash, where Barry Allen runs into the Speed Force and he goes back in time? I'm actually John Stossel's time remnant. I've already got the stash going. My hatred of government. <laughs> Just need to live in New York, have a brown jacket, and have a weird <laughs> accent. So, yes. well, so we. So, what do you think about that proposal? So, what what would you yeah. add to it? If so, what do the the corporations provide their workers? I'm I'm thinking training. I'm thinking. Uh, well, training is the big one that I think. I, I just training is the big one for me. Yeah. Is there anything anything you can think of? I liked your. Uh... I liked your tax cut idea. I think yes. I think they would go for that. I yeah, like that tax one. Tax cuts. Um, 
it's weird. I haven't heard anyone talk about this, actually. I haven't heard anyone provide this solution. I, you know, it's like like I talked about before. It's the very chicken little thing. Like, no one's no one's thinking reasonably about this. Like, Andrew yeah. Yang, we don't need him right now. Like, every, I think that's the major reason why he's not going to get elected. Well, honestly, Chris, uh, I don't know why people don't listen to us. A lot. Yeah, I know. I just, we're geniuses. I just don't get it. But it's like we just don't need these people right now. Like we don't need these solutions yet. So no, we if don't. we could, thankfully, we have time. We have time to sort of plan this out and like discuss the best option instead of oh the sky is falling. Let's yeah. just start giving people money, um, <laughs> and ruin Quit throw money at it. <laughs> the economy. Yeah, something I was going to talk about. This could cover about a minute or two. Is something um, I was going to talk about the fact that we do need to work. Um, I was going to go further into that because that's something I'm I'm very passionate about is that Just I think work in, work in general. I, yeah, I think humans need to work in order yeah, to I'm, I'm maintain. So I read this book called um, Man's Search for Meanings by Viktor Frankl, and it's probably one of my favorite books ever. So I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Basically, he's a Holocaust survivor. He talks about um, how everything he went through showed him things about depression that he never thought about before. And the things that kept him going were the fact that he had a meaning to life and he would have yeah. a goal. And that was the only thing keeping him alive. So I believe that that's the way that life works for everyone. I really think that as long as we have a goal and some people can do their own goals. Um, I don't know how to say this. Some people can create their own goals. For example, I was unemployed for 22, 23 years. Um, I just chose not to work because I was privileged and my parents paid for a lot of stuff and I was worthless and it was awful. Like, I'm, of, of course, it was great because I didn't have to do anything. But also in the end, I, I felt that worthless feeling like it wasn't my money. And I always felt that like when I was spending something, I know poor me, <laughs> but when I was buying something, it was like, man, I didn't really earn this. I didn't do anything to this. And what I, am I, I doing with my life? You know, but I am good about like, like I'm good at always creating projects for myself. I'm always like working on music. I'm always working on art, stuff like that. So like for me, it's it's not that bad, but I think for most people, it's hard for them. You know, Ben Shapiro has talked about this when when people are unemployed, they just don't they they don't make more paintings. You know, it's not just that everyone there's suddenly yeah. an explosion of art because everyone just starts creating. It's like some people are made to work, and I'm glad that I'm working now because it's it's so much more rewarding than doing nothing. And I believe that that's why. And I believe that going back to Frankel. I believe that's our meaning is like driving ourselves forward, like, you know, finding a career path. And I'm learning all about that. I'm getting into it now. And, you know, I wish I had started sooner, definitely. And I'm going to yeah. make my kids start very and, early on. And, you know, Chris, uh, what's what Chris was talking about? He didn't have a job and he felt like he was worthless. But, you know, I, I got my first job when I was 14 because my mom owns a veterinary clinic and mm -hmm. you're allowed to work for your parents at 14. And I was still worthless, but you know, I had a check in my name at the end of the at the end of the month. I had a check in my name, so I was a worthless man. It was a few dollars richer, and it was nice. It, it was nice because like I got to work with animals, which I like doing. It's it's pretty rewarding to like to think about it. Like you know, you go into work and you can see animals who are sick get better. It's nothing wrong. You like yeah. that. You like, mm -hmm. If you like animals, because you're not a monster. Uh, <laughs> If you like animals like me, and make sure you hunt them <laughs> whenever you get the chance. 
it's nice to see them get better because you know in the future what's really going down yes <laughs> so i guess that's all for all today right. uh it's if gonna, you can't remember what you were gonna say I then can't. uh we'll oh, just we'll just wrap it up too. here we reached yeah. the 40 minute mark um, check the twitter it's gonna be there soon yeah just go to go to in-depth studios uh subscribe if you're watching on youtube and if you're not go watch it on youtube because we're very pretty people yeah. so um we'll see you if next you're wondering time about my, if you're wondering about my new locale i'm back home for the summer oh unfortunate i know <laughs> this is not my idea <laughs> and if you're seeing me right now yes i am drinking uh chocolate milk out of a wine glass so that's all we have for today um, thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.